Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes to Freedom, your daily action guide on how to get shit done. If you're consuming this podcast and you end up enjoying the content, it'd be great if you do me the favor of leaving me a review or comment wherever you're digesting the information from. No matter where you're consuming this content, every review site works off of the more reviews, the more comments, the higher your ranking. The more people that listen to my show, the bigger my reach is, the closer I get to the million lives I wish to impact. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss mental masturbation without a you. So in mental masturbation is the thought process and series of consuming content without doing anything about it. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you why it's so impactful to break this cycle and how your life's going to improve when you finally do. So from a young age, it is my belief that we are taught and ingrained in our psyche to consume content. Put yourself in the time machine right now, if you will, and go back to that elementary school time. You know, think about when I was in, I had, I was part of Book It. Do you remember Book It? You know, if you're, if you're younger than 34, you might not have even been a part of Book It. But Book It was this reading club that existed when I was in elementary school where every time you would read a book and you could tell the teacher what the book was about, you got a sticker. And if you got enough stickers on a card or on a pin or on some sort of measuring device, as archaic as this is, especially if you're a younger listener, we didn't have technology to track things like this. Like it was freaking stickers. You'd, put, you'd get these stickers from your teacher, and eventually you could take this card or this pin or this thing you had to your local pizza hut. And when you could present that it was filled, you get your own personal pan pizza for free. Now, for me, I thought that was literally like the coolest thing in the world because I could read books and then get pizza. Like, so I was gaining quote-unquote knowledge by reading. And that's certainly not what I was thinking then. I was thinking, man, as long as I can get just enough information to say something to somebody about the book so they thought that I actually read it, then I could get a sticker that I could put on a card and I'd get free pizza. Like, that was my adolescent mind chirping. Like, that's how my mind worked. And admittedly, I probably kept those mindsets until my early 30s. Like, where can I do just enough work to convince people I knew what I was talking about without actually knowing what I'm talking about? Like, it's crazy. Like, that started in elementary school for me. Then grad, go ahead and take yourself out of that elementary school environment where you're led around by a teacher, where you have your book bag on, you have to stand in line and be quiet and sit down, and all the things that we all had to do in elementary school. Then magically you progress into middle school and junior high. Now, in Lexington, where I grew up, middle school and junior high were two separate schools, but I'm just going to assume that junior high was one. Now, in junior high, you finally get a schedule, right? You have... The ability to go from class to class and do what you want to do, how you want to do it, you're given more freedom. You have to go to your locker and get books out and make sure you have all the stuff you need. But at that time period, what I was taught was how to regurgitate information just enough to pass a test. Where to start the semester or quarter or class or year, you're given a syllabus. And the syllabus is passed down from the state, at least here in Ohio. In order to say that you're proficient in that grade, you have to pass and get check marks that are positive in the syllabus. And so it's crazy. In the syllabus, the teacher no longer is really caring if you're applying the information. The teacher is graded on how many people pass versus fail. So they have time constraints that they have to educate you, quote unquote, 
with this information. In a way to do that, they have to set a timetable over the course of a year that every week or 10 days or two weeks, you are now tested on a new subject matter. But if we look at world history, for instance, you might cover World War I, and then you might go to the Vietnam War, and then you might bounce back to you know, something prior to both of those based off of either the way the textbook was written or the prerequisites that are required by the state. All that may not matter, but when you think about it, you were literally learning information that was just enough to pass a test to never then implement or apply in the future. So not only did you start to do that for me, not only did I start to do that in elementary school, but that then continues on into junior high, middle school, and then gets even worse in high school. Because you think about my high school career, it's a series of doing just enough work to get by, being able to play football, worried about girls, doing all these other things. For me, it was drinking and partying and having a good time. But when you really look at it, all we were doing for those four years was learning just enough to get graded on a test that has no weight or merit in the world other than did you pass or fail? Did you get an A, B, C, D, or F? Brings up another question. Why is there no E? Just out of nowhere, like why is there no E on a grading scale? Like D to F. Like you just forget the E. If you know, please leave me a comment. I'm, I'm generally now curious. Like what is that answer? But in that, all that thought process and all those mindsets just get even worse and more compounded in college. At least for me, they did. I said, now I'm going to college. I'm not even really held accountable anymore. So I can literally do as little as possible on a day-over-day basis or week-over-week basis, do just enough to pass every class. The ultimate grade that I get doesn't much matter because there's really no litmus test for it. Sure, might you get a better job if you pass with a higher grade point average? Maybe. Who really knows? But then you get out of college, and for me, I decide I'm done reading, right? Like, what's the point of reading? Especially now when I view back at elementary school, junior high, high school, college, like, I was reading because I was told I had to, not ever because I wanted to, or I was generally interested in the subject matter. That's where a lot of this starts for me. If you're not interested in subject matter you're consuming, you're not going to do anything with it. So I'm looking now from 21, 22 until my late 20s, I made a steadfast pact with myself that I was not going to read any books. Like why the flip would I want to take time to read a book when I don't have to anymore? Sure, I love magazines, Road and Track, Car and Driver, FHM back when that existed, probably, not even probably, Playboy for a long time. Like, oh, I got it for the articles. Uh-huh, sure. I got Playboy for the centerfolds and the nudity and then eventually was forced to read the articles because there's only so many naked pictures in the Playboy. And so what happens is, like, I'm, I'm digesting this content, but I'm never doing anything with it. It's this passive activity to almost numb my mind or something that I call sedation. So I'm sedating myself with this arbitrary information that has no relevancy in my life. I can't apply it anywhere. As I begin to expand my life, meet Lindsay, realize there's a better way to operate, realize I've been living this you know, fool's tale of how to live life with the lying and the cheating and the manipulating, all the things we've covered. Like, what are, what are successful people doing? And so this is during the time period in life where I'm selling custom clothing. And I get to be around really top-level producers. Like, if you're spending $2,000 on a suit, you've probably done pretty well for yourself. 
And so all these individuals that have done extremely well for themselves, I can ask them these questions. So any of you that have read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich realize that that's how he started his whole path, his whole journey, was traveling around the early 1900s, interviewing the, you know, whether it was 10, 20, 30, or 50, it might have even been 100 most successful people in the country, if not the world, and then applying that knowledge and turning it down into a book that we now can consume. Like, that's how he started. So I didn't realize at real time that that's what I was doing, but essentially that's what I got to do for the past, you know, from 30 to 33 or so. So I get to talk to all these incredibly successful individuals that live what appears to be a great life. And like, I can just ask them, like, how did you get all this? How did you create all this? And of course, there were some people that didn't create anything. Their second or third generation, the business existed, and it was almost handed to them. Don't begrudge them for that. That's the path they were on. If you look at these other handful of individuals, and they were moved by something to take action in another area of life where they didn't know how they were going to get to the end, and through either mastermind groups on Napoleon Hill principle, or by reading and then implementing, they were able to achieve their goals. Man, there has to be something said to be said for this. You had all these people, all these wealthy people, all these multimillionaires that all say they read. Man, I should probably pick up reading. And so I started with Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I just read it. You know, I, I literally read the 150 pages or whatever it is, the purple book with yellow writing on the, t- on the front. I just read it and put it on my bookshelf. Felt super accomplished, right? I mean, I actually read a book again. It's been 10 years at this point since I've sat down and read a book cover to cover. And it might have taken me a month. It might have taken me three months. But I read it and I just felt this overwhelming sense of accomplishment. And then I went back to living my life. I look for the next book. Like, what's the next thing I can read? And I think the next book I end up picking up is one of Tony Robbins' books. I do the same thing. Except Tony's book is much bigger. It's much more dense. There's much more application of life lessons to be learned. And so it takes me longer. So maybe it takes me four months versus one month to read this book. Now I'm feeling super accomplished. Like I've read two books. Got this. I don't even have a bookshelf at this point. I just have a stack of books. My stack of books has two books that I can check off the list that I've read these two books. And I'm having a conversation with friends at this point, and we're talking about the books that we've read. And I'm realizing in that moment that just I'm repeating the same practices that have been ingrained in me since I was in elementary school. Most likely the same way that you are. Let me explain. I read and had been pre-programmed to read to say that I had completed a task. I read because I knew if you started a book, you would eventually finish it if you read all the way through. Common sense, right? The part that is not actually trained or taught or that I didn't learn in school was the execution of the implementation of the principles of that book. I know that's very wordy. I'm going to say it another way. When you read something, figure out how to make it apply to your life. That wasn't taught. At least not in my world. When's the last time you've applied algebra in your daily life? Probably haven't. When's the last time you applied your world history lesson to your daily life? I never have. So the same thing carries on into my adult life as I'm reading these books. I'm like, wow, like 
I'm just reading to read. I'm not reading for application. Let me go back and read Napoleon Hill's book again. Now, here it sounds crazy. Like, I'm five months into my reading expedition, if you will, and I'm going back. I've only read two books, and I'm going back to reread Think and Grow Rich. The difference this time versus the first time that I read Think and Grow Rich is I have a journal next to me, a notepad, sheet of paper, a pen. And I don't have a preset amount of time I'm wishing to read Napoleon Hill's book in. Don't know how long it's going to take me. But when I sit down to read every time, I'm reading looking for what I call a gift. That gift is something that speaks to me through the pages that I can then start to figure out how to apply to my daily life. Apply to my daily life. So as I'm reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, and I'm taking out these nuggets of what to do, I'm writing them down in a journal. And I'm not paraphrasing. I'm putting things in my own words. So I guess that's in its own right paraphrasing. But we'll say the mastermind principle. That is something that Napoleon Hill speaks about in his Think and Grow Rich book. This is not a plug for his book. I'm not connected to his organization. I certainly have never met him. He's been passed away for years. This just happens to be what opened my eyes to this possibility. So what happens is this mastermind principle, you want to surround yourself with other like-minded individuals that force you to become a better version of yourself. Okay, so I'm writing down like mastermind principle and what it could mean for me. And then I pause and I close the book. I close Napoleon Hill's book. And I start to map out masterminds that I've heard of. Masterminds I might be able to join. Masterminds that I want to create for myself. And then I take another couple minutes and figure out ways to actually execute what I'd like to do. So it no longer goes from theory that I'm reading a book. It's theory and then idea and then implementation and then time-bound constraints to make sure it happens. What I found for me personally is if I don't have all four of those things, I end up going through a series of what I call mental masturbation. Where I'm looking to master something, hence the no you, in the masturbation. I'm looking to master something that I can never actually master because I'm not willing to figure out how to implement it into my world to make it relevant to me. You see, Napoleon Hill had great theories and principles and ideas and he lived a great life surrounded by great people. But his life was different than mine, just like it's different than yours. And so if you don't take those extra 5, 10, 15 minutes after reading a part of a book to figure out how to apply those messages into your own life and then give yourself a time-bound constraint to actually execute on that, how are you ever going to actually achieve it? So the mastermind principle ended up bringing me into the wake-up warrior fold in its own capacity. I wanted to surround myself with like-minded individuals that were forced and you know focused on expansion and growth. And it was the ones I came up with were, you know, Tony Robbins has a group and you know Grant Cardone has a group and Wake Up Warrior exists, and there's some other examples of Wake Up Warrior type of groups. And there was just something about that group that spoke to me. I can't even really tell you what it was. At that point in my life, my relationship wasn't burning to the ground. My bank account had at least some money, and it wasn't as prosperous as I wanted it to be, but I wasn't destitute like I had been. 
my body at that point in my mind was weaponized enough. It was healthy for me, you know, still taking anabolics. Like I didn't know what pulled me to that, but nonetheless, I gave myself a time-bound constraint that I needed to join a mastermind sometime in the next 30 days. And so when I'd come back the next day to read the book and I'd pull out my next little nugget of wisdom and I'm writing in that same journal, not a different journal, the same journal, what ends up happening is I'm forced to look at that mastermind principle. I reread my previous day's notes. I think, okay, did I really apply this yesterday? Did I really do this? What other ways could I use a mastermind principle? Could I discuss more theory with the guys at the office? You know, back then I was selling custom clothing. So I started reaching out to clothing manufacturers or fabric manufacturers from all over the place. I started networking with other people that were in the custom clothing world to know how what they were doing versus what I was doing. So it became a daily implementation, not a one-time thing. That's the difference. That's the difference between mental masturbation and actually seeing your life change in front of your eyes, in my opinion, is the implementation of what you read. Now, since those days, I've got this weird thing that I've started doing, starting as a bad term, I'm 19 or 20 months into it, where I've read about a book a week. I do that because I enjoy to read. Like I get up at 4.30 every morning as I've shared with you and I read for half hour or 40 minutes or whatever the timetable ends up being and then I journal after that. I like my morning ritual that takes me from 4.30 in the morning until 7.30. You get a lot done in three hours with no distractions. It's really no big deal to rifle through. You know, Imagine if you had 30 minutes of solitude every day without looking at social media, without being distracted, without your kids crying, your dogs barking, your significant other messing with you. That is just you in the silence of your own mind. Imagine how much you could get done. Some people say, oh my gosh, how, you don't actually read a book a week. Well, I, I do. And it's not really that difficult because there's seven days in a week. And I think the average book I can read in about three hours. And I can start to implement what I learn. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's 100% implementation of everything that I'm reading. That would be foolish. But if every book I have three or four main principles that I can retain in my memory bank and begin to apply in my life, I know that my life is going to get better. And I look at the way that I speak now and the educational standards that I, that I have. The pieces and parts that make me who I am, they are different than they were two years ago. Just like they'll be different two years from now. Because I have new external stimuli that's coming into my environment that I'm choosing on how I can apply it to my daily life. No different than you could. What I want to encourage you to do is stop mentally masturbating. Stop reading because your friend says, this book is great, you should read it too. And you read it and you put it on the shelf the same way that I used to, and you don't do anything with it. What is the point? And this thing, this reading thing, this, this life we're all a part of right now is not a race. I'm going to let you in on this little secret. Everyone listening is going to die. Crazy, right? You're not in a hurry. You don't need to be in a hurry to complete a book. I would encourage you to be in a hurry to implement what you learn from the book. Some of us can implement and learn things quicker than others. That's just our God-given ability. That's the way our brains work. My brain works differently than yours. We are not the same person. Maybe my book a week, look at someone like a Ty Lopez that swears he reads a book a day. I hope he does. I can't, I can't conceptualize reading a book a day. I don't know where I'd find the time. But he makes the time. Maybe you start out reading a book a quarter, 
and actually implementing what you learned. That's going to create a massive shift. Imagine four impactful books in your life that you've read over the course of a year that you're actually implementing everything you read. Would your life be recognizable to yourself today, a year from now? I'm going to venture to say probably not. And at the end of the day, isn't that what this is all about? Some level of expansion? Some level of changing and shifting? It's not about the competition between you and your neighbor, or the competition on social media to see who read the most and who did it the quickest. The competition between you and yourself on how do you get better every day? How do you break the cycle of mental masturbation that's been ingrained in us since we were kids? You have to first become conscious that it exists. Once you become conscious that it exists, you can decide to make a change on the way you act around it. I made the choice in my life has become better, and it works for me, but I split test everything the same way I'd encourage you to. Take a book, read it, don't care what it is, put it on the shelf, don't think about it for four weeks, come back to it and read it while taking notes and figuring out how to apply it to your life. When you're done, tell me which one's more impactful. Don't even tell me, tell yourself. Like, which one did you learn more from? I'm going to bet, I bet you almost anything, it's the second one. We'll see. So that leads me to the famous question. Where in your life are you mentally masturbating right now? Is in your business that you're spinning your wheels, you're thinking about all these concepts, you're, you're coming up with all these different ideas, but you're not implementing anything. You're not executing on any of the ideas that you have. Whether you work for someone else or yourself, you have decided in your daily life to think about doing things without actually doing them. That, my friends, is the definition of mental masturbation. Same thing could be said for the gym, where you're thinking about eating healthy. You're thinking about going to the gym. You know people that do it. You're inspired by people. You eat well for a day or two. You go to the gym twice a week. You're super excited about it. And you think then that by doing that, you're magically going to have the body that you ultimately desire. That's mental masturbation. You are assuming something's going to happen without taking the physical action to back it up and support what you want to have happen. Stop mentally masturbating. The same thing could be held true inside your relationship, where you are convinced that one day your boyfriend is going to ask you to marry him. But you know in your heart that he is not actually putting in any of the time, energy, and effort on a daily basis to cultivate your relationship to turn you into a wife. All it ends up being is you end up dating for three or four years. I was that guy. I know exactly what it's all about. You are currently in the midst of mental masturbation of thinking that something's going to change without an external factor. It's not. What I will guarantee you is, if you can figure out how to break the cycle of mental, masturb mental masturbation and begin to implement the strategies that you come up with every day, you'll see that every day you're able to get shit done.